Hey everybody, this is Pam at the Paper Outpost, and this is the Paper Outpost podcast, The Joy of Junk Journals, coming to you from the living room floor today, sitting in front of my coffee table, looking at my laptop, looking at your gorgeous questions, your crafty questions. Um, Let's see what you guys are thinking about today in relationship to junk journals, paper crafting, life of a crafter. Let's see. Kim Handback asks, where did you say that you got, oh, I answered that already. Never mind. We carry on. What is the, oh, there's a good question. Elizabeth Savoy Realtor asks, what is the worst crafting injury you've had? Well, that would be with a craft knife. I wasn't looking. I took my eye off the blade. I was running it along a ruler and it jumped the ruler and cut my, what was it, my thumb? I think it was my thumb or my index finger. Um, It wasn't that bad. I mean, I still have all appendages attached, but I became vigilantly aware of that blade ever since. And I was honestly a little bit afraid of it, scared because it is sharp and it can, you know, cut you pretty seriously, but, but it is a very valuable tool. And when used right under supervision, (laughs) um, it's a wonderful instrument to have in the craft room. So it's really no more dangerous than a kitchen knife, Uh, but you know, the same basic rules apply, be wise, Take your time, always keep your eye on the blade, go slow, push firmly, um, and never take your eye off the blade. I'll just say that again. And don't get distracted, don't look over there, don't answer the doorbell, the phone, nothing, just cut. And then put your blade, your craft knife down, retract the blade, that's another good thing. Okay, so that was my worst injury so far, and it didn't require stitches, I just taped it together, and um, it was fine. Um, yeah, but you know, you work with knives that long, something's going to happen. Um, the Roll Me Over asked, if you use the original book pages in a journal, can you sell that? It is from my understanding, and I am not a copyright expert, but it's my understanding that if you use the originals, you should be okay. So in other words, if you bought a book, came home and you tore out all the pretty pictures and you glued them into a junk journal and sold the junk journal, in my impression, you're not, um committing copyright infringement because technically you're not copying anything. You, you bought a book and you used what's in the book, the actual pages, and then you sold them. Now that would be the same thing as you, like let's say you sold the whole book to somebody else, not just some pictures here and there, but you sold a whole book. Selling used books is allowed um, in the world So you can sell a book that you own, you can sell a picture from a book that you own, but you can't copy that picture and sell it as if you are the originator of that picture. Um, It's not giving the, not giving the original artist the credit that they deserve for that. So I think that's where you run into trouble as long as you're not scanning and copying. Oh, okay, Amazon just arrived at the door. Something wonderful, I'm sure. But yes, I would say definitely, if you find yourself copying things and then selling them, question yourself to say, is this okay? Am I committing copyright infringement? I'm sure there's some great, vast jail somewhere on a lost, deserted island full of crafters who copied things and were taken away and never seen and heard from again. So I don't want that to happen to you. Nope, don't copy those things. Just 
get new things and tear them up. <laughs> I guess that's the best way that I, I can put it. As far as my understanding, again, I'm not an attorney in that area. Consult your copyright attorney. Okay. Um, uh, Diana Moore said, I'm getting anxiety over your table, LOL. How can you work in so little room? I feel like a little nested bird in there. I don't know how to describe it, uh, Diana, but um, to me, to see all those little bits and bops close by all over the place gives me comfort. I feel like I also don't have to get up and get anything because it's probably already right there. I just can't find it. And does it get to the point of no return? Yes. There is a definite point of comfort, like clustered and available, turns into... I can't find anything and I have no space to work. Yes, it's a tipping point and I get there about three or four times a week. So I have to go through the massive clean and then messy it up again. And I'm telling you, it takes way longer to clean than it does to messy it up. I don't know what it is. I don't know the theory, the, the mechanics of how it happens. Let's face it, I know how it happens. but. You know, when you're in that creative spirit and you're in that moment and you're grabbing things and pulling them out and pulling this and pulling that, and you know, why grab one button when you can grab 20 and bring them over and pick the perfect button for your artwork that day? I don't know. It's just like this um, gluttony of abundance of craft supplies. And I think that maybe more of them on my desk, I'll make more things. I don't know what it is. There's some deep, dark psychology. of I feel like a little crab and I'm like pulling things in like into my little area so I have stuff (laughs) (laughs) and um, I don't know it's it's it is a psychological and mental thing some people feel more comfortable in the mayhem and others feel more comfortable in the organized clean and and that and I enjoy organized and clean don't get me wrong and the rest of the house is organized and clean 99% of the time and um, but that craft room is kind of like my little play space and I I I kind of you know, push the envelope there and let it go a little hog wild crazy every once in a while. Um, a lot of while. Okay. Um, Head Sheep says, hello. If everything on the desk is organized, all cleaned up and pretty, when... Oh, oh we, we answered that one the other day. Okay, I must be into that section, so I'm just going to scroll down a bit. Well, thank you. Thank you for that thought. Um, Voice over audio Jane says, hi, I have so many questions, but the main ones are, how do you make the paper crinkle? Also, how do you make the paper crinkle? What's she referring to? How do you make it crinkle? Um, If you're talking about the look, I take a piece of paper and I crunch it up and then I get crinkles in it. And then I run usually ink dauber over the sharp edges of the crinkle and that accentuates the crinkle. I'm not sure if I'm answering that correctly. And the other way to think about how do you make the paper crinkle, you can get a sound of crinkle kind of a crunchy crinkle. Um, If that's what you're asking, then um, you know what's a fun thing to do is to take tracing paper and dip it into coffee dye and then bake it. It doesn't take long to dry, um, but it has the most wonderful crinkly feel after that's done. I mean, regular coffee paper gives you a decent crinkly feel, but there's something about... Yep. Oh, boy, there must be a lot of stuff out in the front. I better go get it because Amazon has been coming nonstop. Um, yes, so there has been the tracing paper discovery of it's the most wonderful feeling paper. Yes, I highly recommend it if you've never tried it. 
get yourself a book of tracing paper. And often you can find this stuff in the thrift store. Um, people buy tracing paper. Oh, I have, to, I have to trace something. They use one sheet and they never use it, and then they unload it at the thrift store. Um, easy to find there, but something to think about if you've never played with it. Um, also, what's the average size of a junk journal? My average size ranges from 9x6 to 8x5. Two of those sizes are the most common, and anywhere in between. <coughs> um, uh, you can make them any size. There's no rules. You can make them teeny tiny, like one-inch junk journals. Uh, you can make them giant. Um, sometimes it just takes a little bit of finagling, but uh, it can be done. And how thick or large can they get to be? They can get very thick and very large, yes they can. Um, the most number of signatures I put in a journal is 12, because I made a, a year-long diary journal. And number two, the largest I made is probably, what's that, maybe foot and a half by a foot? Yeah, I would say, because uh, I wanted to um, store some big art paper in there, and it's a really cool journal, and um, um, it's just a place to draw or paint, something like that. Um, but yeah, you can make them any size you like. That's the grandeur of junk journals. Um, okay, so we have that one. And then she says, oh, that's the cutest fur baby. Must be a snuggle buddy. Congratulations to this week's win win winner. Yes, absolutely. I think she's referring to Sunbud. Um, Debbie Murphy says, what types of paper are your favorite? Ones with lots of texture or color, handmade or vintage, or no preference? Um, I love all paper. I really like old vintage paper. Um, antique papers, I love what they made the papers out of. I like a porous, rough, not super rough, but like texture paper. Uh, maybe it has some... Um, ridges or paper fibers that are visible, things like that. Um, neutrals, I love neutrals. Um, gosh, I love thin papers like um, dictionary pages and um, airplane mailing papers. You know how those are, those are sometimes very thin? I love that paper. Um, I love stationary paper, um, the old vintage stationary paper. I love that. I don't know why, I just love it. And some of it is rose scented or lavender scented or cut like lace or uh, it's just so cool. It's just so darn cool. Um, boy, you could leave me alone in a used bookstore forever. I could just go and feel all the different kinds of papers that they were used in the, that were used in the books at the time. Um, and here's another question from, or a question from Melanie Vondo. She asks, do you order Fabrifix by the case? Uh, you really need to be the brand ambassador. That's cute. Um, yes, I actually do order it by the case. Um, it's just faster. And I think it's a little less expensive if you order it by the case. So I do. <laughs> it's the truth. Um, Janie Anderson says, you mentioned crafting gods. I wonder what junk journal crafting gods would look like. I'm sure they would be covered in glue and ink. I just, I just have a feeling. Um, Janie Anderson also says, Pam, if things will break down and quit working, December 6th makes is a good time to get new stuff, right? Oh, I, I, I think I understand what you're saying, and yes. Yes, absolutely. December is a very good time to get new stuff. It's always a good time to get new stuff, right? Um, Kelly C. says, Hi Pam, just wondering, do you do any crocheting? No, I do not crochet. I have attempted the one needle fancy yarn maneuvers and my fingers don't 
do it. I think I could do it. I don't know what I'm doing. And maybe with YouTube, I could actually figure it out. But those diagrams that come with knitting and crocheting, I'm sorry. I am sorry, but my I just go like blurry-eyed when I look at those. And I'm like, okay, count that many over. And then is that behind or in front? I can't tell. Oh, I'm lost. <laughs> and, and the whole counting thing, I can count. I don't like to count. It's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Ugh. You know what I mean? I'm kind of like that. So, yeah, maybe though, but like when you get that bird's eye view of do somebody doing something in front of you, a picture is worth a thousand words. Boy, if you can show me right in front of my face where I can slow it down, follow you, do the exact movement you did, there might be great joy found in that. And um, that's how I learned how to draw and paint. And I th oh, and make junk journals, who are we kidding? And um, why not crochet? Maybe that will be my, my, I'll venture into crocheting, see if I can do it. See if I can even like make a flower. Just one flower, that's all I ask. One flower. I might get hooked. Now you got me all excited. Maybe I'm gonna try that. I just, she said, I just kind of picked it up. I am making really cute snowflakes to attach to my junk journals. Have a Merry Christmas. Oh, that sounds like so much fun. Now I, I wanna, I wanna learn how to crochet. You got me hooked. Ah, ha, ha. I know, I know. <laughs> but yeah, that would be fun. Um, Nana Trends um, asked, Howdy Pam and Sunbun and your paper outpostians gang. Um, I look forward, um, to Friday craft chat with all of your wonderful folks. Pam, quick question. Could you show us how to use writ dye sometime? That stuff makes me nervous. I agree, it makes me nervous too because um, if you're gonna use it, be prepared. It will go everywhere, it will get everywhere and you better have some covering on whatever you're, say goodbye to the clothes you're wearing, cover the countertops with 17 shower curtains and then you may proceed. Oh, don't forget, wear gloves. Um, but it is very effective impactful and actually my friend Linda over at The Crafting Depot said she was playing with some writ dyes to dye paper and she had big success so she may already have a video on that or she may be putting a video out on that would love to see that Linda I think that's a great idea and Gala.c says, Hi Pam, maybe it's our generation that used the term Xmas, or maybe she was offended, but to each their own I say, oh, and every holiday was quote unquote made up in my opinion. Um, someone had to be the first to start celebrating each and every holiday, at least that's how I see it. Okay, well there you have it from Gala. <laughs> okay. Um, Ruby Putnam says, hi Pam and Sunny. Hope everyone out there is having a great season. I love the writ dyed paper. So pretty, will you be making Christmas winter clips and other book page deco? Looking for ideas. Thank you for all you do. Um, um, anything can be turned into winter or Christmas. Um, actually, by the previous lady who said you just add a snowflake to it or um, uh, maybe some branches or... Um, what else reminds you of winter? An ice skate, um, hot chocolate, um, you know, anything that you could, you could just take up some of your bases, maybe you mass made some bases and you want to convert them to winter stylized if, um, embellishments for your junk journal, making pockets and tucks and belly bands and whatnot. You can just add small things. You can add a word. You can add um, a scarf, hat, mittens, um, 
a sleigh. I mean, there's a lot of things. A reindeer, okay? We're talking reindeer. Yep, that can be added. And you can go ahead and just blend in these small things. Winter light, winter-esque. Just give it that little flavor of winter. A candy cane. Maybe you're going to weave in Christmas. Maybe not. Maybe it's going to be a Christmas light or a Christmas bulb or a Christmas candle or um, boots or, you know, skis. I'm grasping at winter straws here. But, um, yeah, that would be fun. Um, I do have a digicate called Winter Angel, and she's kind of a, a chilly, you know, stylized winter angel and uh, she kind of brings up that essence um i do have victorian snow um, these are digikits in my etsy shop if you're interested but let's say you're having you're struggling and maybe you can't think of things um those might be a good place to start or you can just actually google the word winter or winter themes or winter ideas or winter symbols and that will give you a long list of um, things that you can look for, like the Christmas wreath, the Christmas tree, Christmas angels, um, Santa, elves, the whole, you know, Christmas enchilada. And, um, yeah, is Xmas an, an old word? I don't know. I mean, gosh, we used that forever back in Canada. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, okay, let's do another question here. We have uh, Jane Jen Delano asks, Hi Pam, I enjoy all your new ideas. Do you have ideas for book ties or closures? Um, I have done book ties and closures differently. My favorite is the freestyle, just wrap it in a sash and tie it, and then it's easily removable. Um, I find personally that if the, if the closure is too cumbersome, it will almost become an impedance, like a blockade or something to using the journal or breaking into the journal because you don't want to fuss with it too much. So I found in my own personal experience something that could undo easily, either be hanging from the spine or can be easily removed from the spine um, is the most user-friendly. Or not to have a tie at all. Um, not a big fan of the chains. Chains can work. Um, the hinge post not bad um eyelets are good because you can punch an eyelet hole on either side of your like the in the front cover and in the back cover place an eyelet and that will strengthen that area and then you can tie ribbons to either and you'll have enough extra ribbon in case the book expands if people put more things in it um, or it contracts. Maybe they take out a bunch of the old uh, ephemera, something like that, and they want to put their own things in there. That's totally possible. Um, and there's a, and you can you just don't have to go east to west with your tie. You can go north to south, or you can use those pretty. Here's the easiest one, and it's really pretty. Is um, elastic, uh, like gold or silver elastic cording, and you just basically um, tie a circle, and then you just like wrap it around and twist it and uh, you can just pop it on and off very easily, very quickly, very clean no fuss, no muss, it will expand to ever expanding junk journals and it will also contract so it is your friend, it's your recipient's friend and it makes your journal look really, really pretty and you can hang things from it like old keys or any kind of little embellishment that you make maybe a beaded embellishment, something fun like that, a little uh, 
sash dangle, if you will. Um, And those are very fun and quick to make. So there you go, folks. I hope you're having a lot of fun out there. Happy holidays, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you.